Welcome, everyone, to the Monday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I, of course, am your host, Tyler Crawley. we got a lot to get to on this Monday edition, but we are going to save the best for first. We're going to hit it right when we start this podcast, and that is the good news that we are now on every major platform. So we are on Spotify almost right away, and I want to thank Spotify for making it easy to get our show on their platform, but we are now also on Google and the OG, the Apple podcast, I don't know, is it store, marketplace, market, whatever it is, we are there now. And so now you have no reason not to be able to listen to this program. We've made it a lot easier to listen to the program. You don't have to go to the website or subscribe using the RSS feed. Now you can just go to these platforms and search market mortgages and you will be able to find it. And we would also appreciate you leaving us a good review. So that way more people can listen to the podcast. So that's the kind of the way it works, right? You listen, doesn't cost anything. It's a free podcast. So you can listen to it, leave a good review. More people can find it, leave a good review. And eventually we, we take over the world just like uh, pinky in the brain. We're going to take over the world. That's the goal with markets and mortgages. So we're on all the major platforms. You can now find us. And so hopefully that makes it easier to listen to this podcast. And I also want to say, I apologize for not doing a show on Friday. I have no excuse. Life just kind of got in the way. I was off. I did not work on Thursday. So I was um, just didn't time my day properly. And what happened was at the end of the day, I just didn't have time to get ready to do the show and do the newsletter. I that's that simple, <laughs> which is kind of embarrassing because it was the debut week and I just did not time my day properly. So I apologize for that. Hopefully it will not happen again. But the fact that it happened in the debut week, uh, I it's it's inexcusable but like i said hopefully it doesn't happen again and uh, like i said i i do apologize i was going to make up some excuse like oh there's a technical issue and i'm just not i don't like lying to people that are listening to my show (laughs) it's like i just did not have the time to, to do the podcast so i apologize for that but we are doing the show today and we got a lot of great stuff to get to let's start with the one truth about the current housing market anyone that's been paying attention knows we are looking at a seller's market, right? If you have a house to sell, you are just, I mean, you're a prize. Everyone's trying to, to win you over, potential buyers, realtors. Everyone wants to get your business. It is a seller's market. And there was a great piece this weekend by Candace Taylor over at the Wall Street Journal that reported on this, that the areas that we are seeing this just inventory shock because 2020 was a weird year. You know, she writes about the fact that, you know, first housing just stopped completely when the coronavirus hit. And then all of a sudden we had a boom. We had a refi boom. We had a purchase boom. We just had a boom take place in housing. And a lot of it had to do with the changing realities of our day-to-day lives. And we're going to talk about how that could change things going forward. But the areas that we have seen the biggest inventory shock, not surprisingly, vacation destinations, people buying second homes, or maybe saying, hey, let's move there. I can work from anywhere now. Uh, And exurbs of major cities that were once too far for commuters, not longer the case because you're not making that commute. Now, on the flip side, luxury housing markets, we've actually seen a lot of houses come onto the market. Most of these are dense urban areas with a large proportion of condos and co-ops or single family houses on small lots that are not exactly in demand right now, Taylor writes. And so a lot of people are wondering, how long is this 
seller's market going to last. Now, of course, you have the, the, the crash bros, I believe is what they're called, people that believe that we are in a bubble right now. And at any moment, we're going to see another housing crash similar to what we saw in 2008. Now, a lot of people that actually look at the data are saying, yeah, we could, we're, we're definitely going to see a slowdown. Maybe we could see a correction, but nobody is projecting a crash. And it comes down to one reason and one reason only, inventory. We just do not have the inventory to meet demand. And so what we could see happen is we could see demand drop off. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with the stock market. A lot of people have pointed out that the market continues to climb higher and higher and higher. Maybe that's not justified. So maybe we have a correction or God forbid a crash in the housing. I mean, I should say in the stock market. Now, what that's going to do is that's going to impact demand because people who weren't lucky enough to cash out at the top are going to see their net worth drop and they're going to in there. That's going to hinder their ability to either borrow money or want to borrow money. And so you could see that cool demand. One of the other issues is what happens now that we're starting to reopen. You know, with the CDC had the big announcement last week about masks and now we're seeing kind of universal acceptance of throwing these masks away a lot of we just don't know what's going to happen so are we going to go back to full-time are people going to go back to working full-time i don't know now there was a fascinating poll that the uh, business journals did and it found that some of the majority the majority of workers at big-time firms would be willing to take or I shouldn't say willing to take a 30,000 pay cut. They, they, if they were given the choice of working at home or getting a $30,000 raise to go back to work, the majority of people chose working at home. So maybe we don't go back to normal. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but let's say we do see more people go, having to go back to work that could bring more people back to these urban areas which would bring demand up and slowly lower demand in some of these vacation areas and these exurb areas. And so we could see more of a balance with regards to demand and inventory. So that's one of the ways that we could see the demand side kind of drop off. But let's assume that nothing does happen. Stock market maybe has a slight correction, but no real major impact. And people are allowed to kind of choose where they want to work. What happens with regards to supply? What happens with inventory? Well, not a lot of good news there. So there was a great piece last week over at Inmon.com by Ben Calabero. And he said that we have been underbuilding homes for decades. Now, a lot of people say, well, after the crash, of course, we weren't building enough homes. And that's true. That's definitely true. But he says this has been going on for decades, and that is why we are now 6 million homes short to meet the demand that we currently are facing. He says that on the historical average, we build 1.1 million homes per year. So if we were able to even kick that up, I mean, almost double it to 2 million, it would take us six years to balance out the current supply and demand imbalance. Now, assume that we're only able to increase capacity by 50%, it's gonna take us 13 years for us to get back to where we should be. That's a long time, any way you look at it. Now, like I said, there's a lot of factors. We could see some issues happen with demand. We don't know what the Fed's gonna do. We don't know what's gonna happen with mortgage-backed securities. There's a lot of ifs out there. But the reality is we have a big inventory problem that's not going to be solved overnight. We just cannot build that many houses. I know there's a lot of 
ideas out there. You know, we've seen some places who have started building houses with 3D printers, and there's a lot of ideas out there. Could those ideas work? Possibly. But we need to significantly increase the amount of houses that we are building, and not only the amount of houses, but just, you know, multifamily housing, just housing in general. We just need more places to match the demand that we are currently seeing. And as Calabaro notes, the historical average is 1.1. Even if we double that, it takes us six years to get out of the situation. So we'll see what happens. But unless there's a significant impact to demand or supply, this could be a seller's market for a while. <laughs> and if you look at the numbers, I mean, it's another week, it's another record. It's sort of the way I look at it. And there's some new data from Redfin that looks at home prices have once again hit a record high, $350,750. That is a 22% year-over-year gain. 49% of homes sold for more than their list price. That is 21 percentage points up from the same period a year ago, and not surprisingly, an all-time high. Now, what was interesting was that Redfin pointed out that the time on market was actually one day up from a year ago. So a year ago, houses were on market for 17 days. Now they're at 18. So I was kind of surprised by that. And I'll tell you, you want to know why that is? I can tell you 100% why that is. It's because people are just fielding offers. You know, they'll say, okay, this is the date that we're going to set the final offer. They get the offers and they go, okay, let's take a look at this and then realize, oh, housing prices just shut up another 1% in like a week. So let's, let's open up offers again. <laughs> and so I can almost guarantee you the reason that number has jumped is because they're trying to field as many offers. Cause some people may have made an offer another house, they lose out and they're immediately looking for something else. And so people are keeping it on the market, not because they couldn't just sell it like that, but because they're trying to field as many offers as possible. And so, like I said, another week, another record, 22% year over year gains. Yeah. This is definitely a seller's market. Now, before we run out of time, I do want to talk about the data we saw on Friday. Retail numbers, kind of confusing at first glance. So the numbers when they originally came out uh, on Friday, they missed expectations. So they were expecting 1% growth from March. Of course, we're talking about April's retail numbers. And they actually remained flat. They were unchanged. And so that was kind of surprising to a lot of people. Because, you know, we're seeing these inflation numbers. We saw that last week. Inflation numbers were up 4%, the highest we've seen in decades. And so you would assume that that would mean, man, demand must be crazy. But the reality is, is that it is. Demand is there. But let's not forget what happened in March. So in March, we had people spending their stimulus money. So people were getting $1,000 checks that was jumping up their income for the month and they were going out and they were spending it. And so that jump, in fact, the latest data from the Census Bureau showed a revision to March's numbers and it didn't increase 9.7%, it increased 10.7%. So month over month growth from February to March was now 10.7%. And so the fact that that was revised upward and then in April we didn't see any movement actually highlights that people are spending money but they're doing it without stimulus so the fact that it remained where it was does prove that people are spending money because once again we saw an almost 11% jump 
in the month of March. And so the fact that the numbers remained pretty much the same in April tells you that people are getting back out there and they are spending. But for most people, when they saw that, they said, oh my gosh, we're seeing this massive inflation or at least massive compared to what we've seen the last couple of decades. Oh my gosh, 4%, but no one's spending any money. How is this possible? This seems, oh, oh, oh no, here we go. The economy is going to collapse. When in reality, the numbers were pumped up from the month before, thanks to that stimulus spending. So I think it was a little confusing because even I was a little bit kind of confused. Like what? There wasn't any movement in retail numbers, even though inflation is, is uh, the highest we've seen in decades. And well, people are spending. They're just spending without the stimulus money this time, which is actually a good sign. It means people are finally getting out there and they're going about. And I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, this weekend, that's kind of what I saw. People were out and about. And this this mask reopening situation is going to be very interesting to pay attention to over the next couple of weeks and months. And what's going to happen at workplaces? Are businesses going to go right back to full capacity? Are we going to see everything return to normal quicker than we thought? Or is there going to be some hesitancy? I don't know. I, I, I couldn't get a feel. You know, I went to some restaurants and no one was wearing masks. I went to grocery stores. Everyone's wearing masks. So it was just, I, I don't know. I, I, from my perspective, from me just kind of out and about, no scientific data whatsoever, I could not tell you what's going to happen going forward. Like everyone, but at least I admit it. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that I'm like, oh, this is a hundred percent what's going to be happening. So we'll we'll keep an eye on it. We will let you know. But we got to go. You guys enjoy your Monday. Glad to be back. Don't forget, you can find our show now on all the major platforms. Leave us a good review. I would greatly appreciate it. Don't forget, you can sign up for the companion newsletter, which pretty much has everything we talk about here on the podcast, but in a digestible, readable format. And so it has links to everything I'm talking about, all the data, all the numbers, all the links are in the newsletter, and you can sign up for that at marketsandmortgages.com. But like I said, you guys enjoy your Monday. We'll, we will be back here on Tuesday. And remember, do not wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. 